Welcome everyone to your Hawkeye podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. There are no lines in this business. The Hawkeye podcast by Fantastic Geek for the season finale, episode six. So this is Christmas? It's brought to you by Jack Duquesne's Wine Collection. Get it before it peaks. Pete, it's less than a week ago that we talked about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And in that time, uh, it has now done $800 million at the worldwide (laughs) box office to become the number one Hollywood film of 2021. Um, Health concerns notwithstanding. I mean, it, it has done business so well. It's, 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 you know, super strong, particularly given the times and so forth. And uh, to think, Pete, that movie concludes with him swinging by the old tree at Rockefeller Center. It does. Our podcast is up. Thank to everybody who uh, added their feedback for that and has reached out. Be safe. Be smart about going to see it. Um, it'll eventually hit home video if you know, like everywhere else, the numbers are exploding. And, uh, you know, I've heard from several people, hey, I want to go see it, but uh, it's not, not the right time. And I feel you. Uh, if we were making that call uh, right now, uh, we would not be seeing it. I would not be seeing it. I won't speak for Matt. Yeah, I think bottom line, uh, you know, you see it when you see it. You see it again. If you've seen it once already at the theaters, you see it again when you see it. It's all good. Um, and it, luckily, if nothing else, you know, the MCU, it, the MCU has multiple things going on. I just mean, uh, I don't just mean in terms of, you know, this show or that, this movie series and so forth, but it's like, you know, what comes next? When on, when is it in the timeline? Everything is kind of slowed down post end game in terms of being super ultra connected and you must see this to go see that, like go enjoy the next thing and the next thing and and you know we'll get you your spidey or whatever else when uh when that works absolutely you figure four movies this year four live action series one animated um i don't know we're gonna get a a year as active as this again and particularly given the way things are right now already seeing some schedule changes on some of the other stuff we're doing but matt Book of Boba Fett squared up next. Of course, we'll be bringing you a Hawkeye uh, season wrap next week, but we flipped the calendar. We'll be moving on to that next big Disney Plus show and our final preview for that also available now. Also, I have to mention, Pete, over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, free for all uh, this upcoming Monday, Monday, December 27th. That will be when we celebrate Matrix Monday, and we will be talking about Matrix Resurrections. And if, like me, you have trouble keeping track uh, all the Matrix R sequels, that's the new Matrix number four uh, that we will be discussing. So certainly looking forward to that in the near future. Make sure you stay all the way through the credits. There is a non-consequential scene at the very end. Let's go through our run run recap. After the Marvel Studios logo, a cane and enormous legs carry Wilson Fisk through a beaded curtain to a meeting 
with Eleanor Bishop. She's never asked questions. She's always done what she's been told. Uh, but it's what he would expect with a debt. And her husband owed a small fortune, which she says she's repaid tenfold by now. He notes she's done pretty well for herself. Uh, she handled Armand just like he asked. Um, and that her fiance is taking the fall for Sloan Limited. But now her daughter is getting too close, and that's where she draws the line. So she's out, and she has an insurance policy, copies of everything in a safe place. He wants her to give a minute to reconsider what she's starting, but she doesn't need a minute, and she leaves, and Vincent D'Onofrio's face twitches. Yeah, his Vincent D'Onofrio's whispered rasp of a voice, uh, I'm mm -hmm. sure his thought process is speak quieter so that those around him must, you know, kind of like lean in, defer to him and so forth. I understand that as an acting choice. Can he make his eye twitch like that? Can you? Is that something you can train your eye to do? Was he maybe just tired? Did he stay up the night before knowing that that would get his eye to twitch and that would lead to a better performance? Because I feel like Vincent D'Onofrio is that kind of guy to be like, oh, there's this eye twitch, blah, blah, blah. Let me just stay up really late and then it'll be, I'll feel terrible, but the performance will be gold. Um, regardless... He's huge, not inhumanly so. I mean, I don't mean inhuman inhumanly, but you know what I mean, Pete. Not 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 yes. unhumanly. Don't um, don't take us back to inhumans. <laughs> don't wind it back. Um, with all of this story stuff having happened, we cut to Kate watching the footage of what we just saw. Uh, Yelena had witnessed it by way of a hidden camera we can assume uh and it is reaffirmed that mom is the one who hired yelena to kill clint it's also made clear via dialogue just like really underlined here mom killed armand uh with that uh or or in kate rather clint sees a woman who needs help uh particularly since kingpin is not going to be happy with all of this and uh kate suggests that clint go home but he says uh, in part Pete, because it's the beginning of the season finale, he says that they are partners, and her mess is his mess, and uh, you know the the partnership thusly has been reaffirmed. Maya enters the same office where Fisk is now clad in a Hawaiian shirt beneath his white suit. Um, he's seen her at the end of a lot of tough matches. Uh, Kazi again translates here and uh, the tension between the characters though she can't speak is really palpable and uh, you know the, the turnaround that he notes he sees in her but she's like you know I can't bring my dad back I realize that can I have some time off to clear my head and he tells her that he loves her and she the same and she leaves before uh, he speaks with Kazi noting that the Ronin is running around the city that an Avenger is taken outside interest in their operations 
And the, the killer line is, the Bishop woman thinks she can quit her job as if she works for Goldman Sachs. And again, I can't. I can only scratch the surface on what it takes to be uh, a lousy actor, let alone a great actor like Vincent D'Onofrio. But when you have the whispered rasp for so long, you then don't need to scream, the Bishop woman is looking to quit. You can just up your volume and, and obviously the anger that you're portraying and whatnot. You don't need to go to 11. You can go from 2 to 6, and the 6 is really scary because of, because of, uh, of the big change there. He also notes that Maya, my Maya, has turned on us. What will we do about it? The suggestion, Pete, like any boss here, okay, Kingpin is <laughs> Kingpin is saying, what are we going to do about it? By which he's saying, you go, you need to go do something about this, Kazi, you know, or else. Um, great moment. On the subway, Clint and Kate there. Uh, he is sorry how this has turned out, but she wants to focus on that night. Um, you know what they need is a batch of way too dangerous trick arrows wait you can make more because we need a montage and we get that there's a fun arrow making montage there's snipping and soldering and pouring and stuff uh at the end of it labeling uh, labeling <laughs> the, the, the labeling label? yeah the labeling part is important um at the end of the montage clint notes the heroes need to make tough decisions so are you ready pete that's setting up the tough decision she has to make at the end of the episode, you see. Um, however, so maybe I'm being I'm being a little flippant here, like, oh, it's just a setup for later. Because her response is gold. Aliens invaded when she was younger and she was alone. She was terrified. Then she saw Hawkeye fighting with uh, a stick and a string, jumping off the building even though he couldn't fly. It told her that she didn't need to be scared. Being a hero isn't just for people who can fly or shoot lasers out of their hands. It's anyone who's brave enough to do what's right, no matter the cost. Pete, that is your Hawkeye series moment. It is. That night, we've got a Trust of Pro truck convoy there. Kazi is in position. If the Bishop woman escapes, he'll be ready. Uh, Clint and Kate enter the 30 Rockefeller Plaza, all dressed up. Uh, Kate does not see mom yet. Uh, and Clint has her find the assets and the threats. As far as threats, there's Gary, who fired her from one of the only jobs she ever had in the beginning of the season. But they've got assets all over. They've got Missy. They've got Bombshell. They've got Grills. They've got unnamed portly dude who comes through as well. All our LARPers. Even Jack is out of jail already. Nothing phases this dude who's walking around with a sword on his hip, even though he's been bailed out for allegedly murdering someone with a sword. Uh, maybe it's his way of proving he's really innocent. Pete, I was critical when the LARPers first showed up, um, particularly since I was like, while I don't understand their fandom, I can appreciate it. And I feel like they're at the, you know, the, the, they're being made fun of a little bit and so on and so forth. Now I get it. Now I get it that they are the guys and gals in the chair or helping out, you know, the the backup and so forth. 
um, it makes me appreciate the scope of the season and their inclusion in it more than like, oh man, it's just they're there to like make the costume and whatever. Um, it's, you know, I, Pete, I take back the criticism that I had. Uh, Pete, speaking of Jack, who uh, later we'll talk about how right I was about Jack. Uh, he he and Armand seven or whatever number he is verbally dual seven. Uh, oh good, uh, Armand uh, wanted uh, the wine collection. He was going to get it if Jack didn't come back. Um, and there's back and forth. It, it, you know, it, the wine would be spoiled when you're old enough to drink it. And then as the duel starts to to remain even handed, <laughs> Jack throws down the line. Everyone remembers when Armand peed his pants at the Hamptons. Everyone remembers. Uh, uh, Pete, I'm so glad I was right about Jack. I'm so glad I was right about Tony Dalton and I look forward to his return to the MCU. Kazi has the scene lined up in his rifle scope. Uh, Clint tells Kate to stay on comms. He's going to take a lap. And then Yelena in this green coat and just the, the great hair that I've seen a number of women say there's no way she did herself because uh, it would be impossible. Um, doesn't want to give her coat up to the coat check LARP uh, guy. And then we've got uh, our LARP costume girl, Missy, slinging hors d'oeuvres. And then uh, mom pulls up in front of Saks uh, with the big tree in the background. So all our players are on site. Indeed, and Kate is able to pull Mom aside, uh, and uh, Kate tells Mom that she knows about Kingpin. Mom says that everything is under, under control, particularly since your father owed the Kingpin money. Uh, we see Clint at the window at the party, and uh, luckily, luckily, champagne is brought his way. Uh, he sees the laser sight um, reflecting in it, refracting perhaps, Pete, if we want to be scientifically accurate here, uh, which is clue enough for him. Get down, guns fire, uh, LARPers and guests alike start to run. Um, Mom and Kate hear this commotion. Uh, Mom wants Kate to stay in the back, but great line here. Mom is the reason that this is all dangerous here. Uh, Jack shows up partway through, trying to get a word in edgewise, uh, <laughs> He all but turns around and the ladies disappear. Uh, however, he knows in the moment of commotion, it is Jack time. It is sword time. <laughs> Kochek guy gears up Clint. Uh, Grills tells Wendy and Missy to kill the lights there. Uh, this after Yelena had already spotted Clint behind a column as he was running from the gunfire. Kate sees Yelena and they catch up at an elevator here. Um, chummy, though they might be, uh, Kate notes that uh, Yelena uh, must be chummy enough to make the Christmas party cut, uh, but she's just there to kill Barton, have some appetizers, and then she's going to go. The banter continues here over... Well, you know, there's 65 floors. You're going to figure out which one Clint is on. Ding. Well, he's on the 12th floor. <laughs> Enjoy the party. Uh, and they both wind up in the elevator. Uh, Kate goes to reach 
for the uh, buttons, gets her hand slapped away, then we twist it, then Kate slaps Yelena across the face. What was that? She doesn't know. Then she gets her turtleneck, uh, you know, dress pulled off and she's got the archery uh, outfit underneath there. Did she plan that? Yes. No. And then she hits all the buttons. I don't know when we're going to see these characters again. And it seems an awful lot like Matt Hawkeye is a one off. There was no Hawkeye season two coming holiday 2024 or anything like that. Um, these two are destined for many movie appearances and uh, a lot of memories in the next decade. Yeah, and I'm okay they're not being the solid plan. Um, like, we're going to announce season two right away, particularly since uh, you and I had done the math uh, off mic a couple days ago. Like, Disney Plus right now has uh, new episodes coming. What's the number I sent to you? 48 of the 52 weeks already have a new episode. Yeah. Um, Between uh, Marvel and Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, add a couple here, there, or add a couple where you go, okay, you don't need to hit every week. Or you can, you know, we're going to say, oh, you know, Star Wars 45 years in review or, you know, whatever to kind of be a thing. Um, it's okay to not, in my mind, it's okay to not say coming in two years, these characters that you love, you, there'll be more like, we don't need to be thinking two years in advance. We need to be thinking about the next thing uh, and there were the next two things like book of Boba Fett and then whatever the next Marvel show is. Um, it'll happen when it'll happen. It'll it'll happen in the right order, I suspect, um, and in the right amount. Even Pete, in an episode like this where the LARPers continue to play an important role, uh, who would have thought that they would factor into things in the finale? But there they are with no one listening to them as they try and help the evacuation. Yeah, and back and forth to uh, Kate and uh, Elena now through an office level throwing things at each other uh you know continuing the banter uh you know hey what are we doing it's christmas eve let's have a drink sure after i kill barton and then kicks kate out of the way we have that really great horizontal office fight you know the camera's moving right to left and and, and um, part of me wants to be a little pessimistic like I think some of these scenes you can see how you don't see their faces so it's probably stunt women it, it, it's too fun a scene to really care in my opinion like you know do, do I think Florence Pugh is you know jumping over an office chair and across a desk and say, okay, maybe not really, but it's, it, it's all part of the fun here. Um, indeed, the two of them wrap up the conversation portion of things, even as they start to realize that fighting each other is really fun. And, you know, Kate is being made to like Yelena because of the rapport and so forth. Um, Yelena ultimately ropes out the window, narrowly missing Clint on her way down. Um, doing so ably but i think it's also clear in the choreography that 
you know, that this is not some sort of uh, Mission Impossible rope with a little, I don't know, engine at her waist that's going to pull her back up. She kind of missed her missed her opportunity to get Clint and now is slowing herself to get to the bottom uh, but can't quickly, uh, you know, shimmy on up. I mean, Pete, the notion that somebody's going to be uh, swinging through Rockefeller Center, that would just be, that would be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but here Kate steps out the window. She has her own little rope to kind of tie to the main rope. Um what we see, I think, is supposed to be... I know it's scary for her. I think it's supposed to be scary for us, even as she says it's supposed to be scary for her. And what we see is a fall that's thrilling and scary. And I am i was sure she was going to die until the, the awkward end that just gets sold, where you go, can't she slow down in time? It's going to look like a fake effect. They make it work and quick cut away. Like, what my eyes saw tells me that it looked realistic, even though I think it was about to not be. And it was just great. And you, you know, with everything going on and just the craziness of Yelena's exit through the window and the transitional shot on the angle, uh, you kind of lose track of the fact that Clint has shot a gas arrow and forced Kazi to move from his vantage point. Uh, and now Kate has all these tracksuits converging on her. Um, and then that she runs into the dude who thanks her for the advice uh, that it worked and that they went to Maroon 5 instead. <laughs> so what's with the gun? Uh, and then Jack is out there and uh, I, I can't quite figure out Jack, but I love the character. You know, he, he calls her sweetie. Uh, you know, she's so sorry. Uh, Kate is that her mom put him in jail, uh, but he's never been better. I mean, his charisma is, is what's driving his character. And I think we can say in retrospect that um, they hired him for his resume of bad guys so everyone assumed he was a bad guy and the mere twist of surprise you're not playing a bad guy um you're playing somebody who's seems to be by and large innocent certainly innocent of the worst stuff that this show uh, is exploring so you know it's a fun it's a fun twist and a fun turn um while all this is going on the track suits are continuing to search uh and clint is dropping uh red explosives little little bomb stick them things that you know beep beep uh just as he's thinking of pushing the corresponding button on his bow uh kazi shows up to fight pete i won't wonder how long it would take one to go from a building across the rockefeller center down the stairs or the elevator then across then into <laughs> rockefeller center then up to the appropriate floor even if you knew the floor because pete i assume you've been inside rockefeller center yes you know so like it's not just like oh let me take the elevators like there's you know security and making sure that you're like you're not just going to wander on up to saturday night live or something anywho um the the quick little fight that they have is uh is fun ultimately clint is able to pop the bombs and drop kazi he says that was fun even as more tracksuits come on in he then jumps out the window grabs one of the supporting uh or grabs a line then ends up in the rockefeller center christmas tree Pete, my notes say inexplicably there's an owl. 
I know that it's there for the owl gag later on. I might kind of question the likelihood it's that it's not actually... inexplicable. You're not aware of the story? No, tell tell me. So last year they found a baby owl in the uh, the tree. Okay, wow. tree transported from upstate New York to Rockefeller Center. Um, and I actually work with a woman. She's an artist uh, who illustrated a book. Um, her name's Jill Alexander. Uh, she illustrated the children's book, Little Owl in the Big City. Uh, that is based on a real thing. So they incorporated that, obviously, last year. This was shot, you know, around the holidays last year and into the new year. But that's a real thing. Okay. Um, I Then I withdraw my criticism if it's informed by the real world um and the fact that they worked it into a fun gag later uh okay fair is fair um while there's all the tree stuff going on here kate is squarely on the ground still punching out guys uh she gets some gear from the larpers uh they're still ignored dressed as wait staff uh grills at this point says it's time uh and now pete we're entering a portion of the story where there's a lot of cross-cutting um i know occasionally in my notes i would stick with one versus the other and kind of go back and whatnot but if we haven't been cross-cutting already let's get ready for a whole lot now as as my uh, hair in a ponytail by the way pete because i want to talk about hair continuity a little bit later uh, is back at her apartment uh looking over her stuff packing preparing to leave there appears to have been uh some changes with what was done here um there is uh there are photos of maya um it's not clear how but she gets the classic handprint um on her face and obviously that was not done in this episode um she's pictured it's uh you know behind the scenes stuff with Jeremy Renner. So I think maybe they trimmed and and made some changes. Um, hopefully we're going to get an assembled next week. No word just yet. Actually, uh, uh, there are some secondary sources like um, uh, comicbook.com um, being one of them. That's quoted on Wikipedia that says that the Assembled for Hawkeye will be out January 19th, which is weird, but okay. I don't, at least according to that, let's not expect it next week. Let's expect it uh, even after uh, Eternals comes out. I, again, weird choice, but it's backed up apparently. Apparently there's evidence they've, to support that date. They've not publicized them as much. Like the Black Widow one hit with like zero fanfare. Um I'm the even wondering Shang-Chi. if I've seen that. What's that? I'm even wondering if I've seen the Black Widow one. Like, I why wouldn't I? It. Uh, it it came, you know, it may have been the same time that Black Widow was available for all. Um, I've not watched the Shang-Chi one. Uh, I know that that one came through uh, with a little bit more fanfare. Um, I don't think they're getting their bang for their buck those are largely very good 
I don't know why you wouldn't wait nearly a month from the time that the finale, possible series finale, streams to do the making of show. Yeah, that's that's a baffling decision, especially when, like, like like we don't have more. It'd be one thing if it's like. Well, let's wait until the dust settles for Spider-Man. Oh, okay, no, we can now definitively say like Spider-Man takes place before this movie, um, so it's not like an issue there. Um, it's not, you know, well, going to slow down our business too. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it, weird. Maybe, maybe much like the Larpers, we will look back at one point and go, "Oh, that's why," because Disney internally knows that on January. 10th is when they're doing a press day and that's when they're gonna or whatever like maybe we're gonna look back and go it all lines up perfectly but for right now it does not line up connected to anything i guess i mean i i want the i want the vincent d'onofrio set stories um i want the uh tales of the the secrecy and you know the the stunts and things like that uh and even the uh the musical stuff which you know they're gonna delve into um just feels like a a weird choice but whatever we'll we'll get it eventually right they've they've done them on all of them um yeah i just think the deeper you go into this finale there's some un balanced choices and it's not been like that throughout the season um and, and nor yeah. nor would i nor would i jump in and say well maybe covid like i know we've had some right. of those discussions in terms of uh on star trek discovery how some characters are f- physically placed and things like that like no no no. they've had in my personal opinion they've had enough time to shoot this and edit this and go back and do pickups and the whole nine yards um so yeah maybe maybe pete this will be the most essential uh assembled yet as they explain some of these things yeah so uh back at 30 rock there there's a truck that unloads and out of a toy store window uh kate throws a tricycle uh and then she's on a kind of iconic piano but it's not that piano you think of because that store doesn't exist anymore uh nor was it located there however that store does have signage that says it's fao shorts which is not a company anymore maybe they do it as a label like it was all a little like i've heard of the new york what's that it's a little like I've heard of the the New York as I write this script. <laughs> like they they have this stuff. Yeah, FAO Schwartz was very far north of Thirty Rock, um, up at the corner of uh, Central Park at the uh, the southeast corner, um, and uh, FAO Schwartz was purchased by Toys R Us and they kept that one open for a little while longer and then they shuttered it. It was basically bought as a really expensive name and now Toys R Us is all but really gone. I know at that mall I've not been to 
uh, up in North Jersey, that crazy one we passed, Matt, when we go to New York Comic Con, that we're like, oh, when's it going to fully open? <laughs> uh, Pete, uh, uh- Update from the real world here. Uh, yes, F- uh, yes, FAO Shorts was bought by Toys R Us. Um, the brand has since been acquired by 360 Group, which opened a new FAO Shorts store. Where do you think, Pete? 30 Rock? 30 Rock in November 2018, and there are now locations in Chicago, Beijing, London, and Dublin. So, right. uh, once again, I'll, I'll dial my snark on back here. I- I'm not actively looking at a map to see if it's at that spot in the 30 rock um you know area but uh it's good enough for me it's good enough for me if there's actually a real one there yeah fao schwartz was the place where you could go spend three times as much as you would spend anywhere else for essentially the same stuff oh and it's the piano from big uh that depending when you went there was a massive line for or not uh really nice memories in grad school you know all right hey you're gonna be in that area you you pop in there see what's what um but yeah all right so they 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 filmed there there's one at 30 rock since 2018 i've not been there since then um in the midst of this fight here we're seeing more baddies really get smashed and whatnot this is also a good vantage point from which Kate can see the tree. She has a plan to get Clint out of the tree. Uh, she starts arrowing the guide wires and then does a an acid arrow at the base of the tree. I have to say, Pete, the way that tree falls, it is... And I understand this is not the most difficult special effect ever. Like, build a tree and put lights on it, and you're not even mm-hmm. going to see the whole tree because it's night, so you're mostly seeing lights and... But nonetheless, like you look at it, and go, you know, if you told me you know, news footage, tree falls, like it just it just looks fantastic as it falls into the, to the skating rink. Pete, whole portion, th- this whole, ex, you know, outside of Thirty Rock portion, I just kind of kept saying, there's no way they shot all of this at Thirty Rock. Yeah. So it, you know, if, it, if it's green screen, if it's stagecraft, whatever it is, it's really really good because I kept coming back to, but this looks just like Thirty Rock. The scale of it as well, you know, on the rink now, there are more track suits. Kate slides in, but Clint notes they're too exposed as all the bad guys are pulling guns. So one of his magnet arrows takes care of that. And now he's wearing the outfit. He's taken the uh, the tux fully off, uh, but they need to find a way out off the ice the only way is up the stairs so uh he says take these and hands her a bunch of arrows some sonic there's an ice one the too dangerous arrow is noted there uh is it time matt uh pete it is time it's time to be uh using all the using all the fun things and all the fun tricks uh, we get another fight. I shouldn't say another. We get a fight montage. Uh, we have arrows like flashbang, uh, spider throws, freeze your leg, rocket you up, electric shock band, sleep darts, yellow gas, uh, and then there's uh, <laughs> then there's a uh, yeah, get a skull fracture, but that still is fun, um, and that takes out a bunch of people. Still, Pete, there are tracksuits uh, on the way, um, and we get kind of a slowdown 
double action fight. They're both firing arrows at the same time and punching people and bowing people and whatnot. And it's uh, it's just a lot of fun. The airbag arrow noted earlier during the montage. But then there's a truck coming. And Kate grabs an arrow from the back of Clint's quiver there, shoots it. It's the Pym arrow, shrinks the bros and the truck down. But what happens to them now? Clint doesn't know. He'll have to ask Scott. And there's that arrow again. That really should have been the secret scene. Uh, that would have been a lot of fun. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, because I can't say I, I I liked the post credit scene for what it was, but I don't like it for what it wasn't. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, in fact, Pete, hey, look, over there. It's Kate's mom coming out of the side door. Kate chases after her, and uh, Clint fires at Kazi. Um in a neat arrow move where Kazi catches the arrow, but the arrow splits off and gets the other two guys. But Clint is attacked from behind. Uh, can't imagine who that's going to be. Um, Kazi gets attacked too, but by Maya. See, now we have dueling storylines here. Um, it's confirmed that Clint is fighting Yelena. She wants to know what happened. He says that her sister saved the world, and she doesn't believe him. Maya's hair is down here a little bit more on the makeup i wonder if maybe at one point they had placed her at the party yeah i think her, the the difference in her looks here versus the previous scene uh something was taken out some scene was taken out to get her from a to b um whether this is you know whether this is a reshoot whatever it is there, there's something missing here and, and it'll be interesting to keep an eye out uh for that whatever that might look like um we we do get some dialogue here kazi saying that this is his life his life not hers you know <laughs> he's been the guy behind the guy for long enough she says that uh, she wants out and kazi will not walk between both worlds uh, they grapple ultimately she stabs him uh, adios for now, Kazi. Uh, and there is, of course, the warning there that she had better leave before Kingpin comes. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor in the car there. The driver is dead. Uh, suddenly, her other guard is thrown. And then the door is ripped off the car. Uh, and it's Wilson Fisk uh, that he doesn't want her to leave just yet. Kate is there and shoots an arrow into Wilson Fisk's chest, but we just want to keep it real, Matt, for the people that might not have watched yet Daredevil. <laughs> I was reminded, I saw something or other, it might have been New Rockstars, I don't remember, something on YouTube where it was like, of course Disney Plus doesn't want you to be that interested in seeing the old daredevil stuff they don't want you going to another streaming service to watch a thing despite the fact pete that the hashtag save daredevil people told us that when only if when one of them came back they all would be back and same cast same crew i kind of missed i didn't see marco ramirez as having written this episode and show run it uh which is what the save daredevil people promised us but i digress wilson fisk is able to take the arrow here in a way that 
maybe is not completely consistent with how he was shown in Daredevil. But oh, but wait a minute, is it? Because uh, what did he do on Daredevil, Matt? Um, I know he treated car doors a whole lot differently than he did in this episode. <laughs> I, well, I, I will say this: I don't think while this is not wholly consistent, it's also not wholly inconsistent. There's a great gray area that does not require, you know, um, space rocks or mutagens or you know nanobots or anything like that. It it, it it's believable enough, just not touching it. So in Daredevil. Um, he had, um, he had an armorer, uh, he had a guy who would, uh, put Kevlar in his suits. Um, and that tracks here. Uh, it doesn't make as much sense if you're not on top of it, the way he treats the arrow, you're left to figure, well, he just took an arrow and now he, you know, breaks it off. So he can withstand the hit of that. Um, so I, I do think that's important. We're going to talk a little bit later about, you know, what exactly is up with Vincent D'Onofrio's character in terms of the depiction here. And, uh, you know, what is, what, what counts and how it works. Um, but taking that arrow there, able to uh get rid of it rather quickly um and then uh kate's shot a second arrow with a cable on it and he grabs her by it and throws her uh but just then eleanor comes out of nowhere hitting him with the car and sending him into the toy store this whole um fight here with kingpin um which uh maybe if you don't mind, we'll stick with again, because there's all this cross cutting, maybe it's easiest just to stick with. Um, regardless of how one wants to do a daredevil timeline and so on and so forth in what we see in this episode, it's convincing that the guy that you are seeing, and I think D'Onofrio has a little bit of padding on him, um, to maybe just make him broader, like at the shoulders. Um, but you can buy that he's convincingly throwing her around whether again, whether it's, full on because he got the gamma rays or it's just this is a extremely muscular guy who who can do it um it's frightening the way he's able to throw her around uh at a certain point in the fight he takes her quiver and snaps all the trick arrows mm -hmm. um he says mind your business and then continues to be throwing her around in an astonishing way uh she of course keeps popping up um she finds him standing at the broken trick arrows uh, in the throwing around, she's been able to get his cuff link. This is when she coin flicks it. Pete, that was a skill she was taught a couple episodes ago. Sends it on to one of the trick arrows that sets them all off. And uh, there's an explosion and he goes flying. Uh, she pulls mom out of the car there. Uh, and they're going to put it behind them and it'll all go back to normal. Uh, but you can't do that. This unfortunate arrangement it's gonna follow mom she killed armand she hired an assassin to kill clint uh but mom says this is how the world works and uh that she knows what it's like to have nothing we have police sirens at this point uh and mom tells kate 
that she thinks she can live without consequences like her father did, but someone has to take responsibility. And that's what happens because she is placed under arrest for the murder of Armand III. Is this what heroes do? Arrest their mothers on Christmas? Sorry, Mom. Love ya. Back to Clint and Yelena we go. He says that he couldn't stop Nat. Uh, he fought with her for the right to die. And Yelena says that he should have fought harder. With that, she starts to baton him for a bit. Uh, then she's ultimately ready to shoot him. But Clint does the whistle. How does he know that? Uh, it's because Nat told him about it. Uh, he references the Black Widow movie, which, by the way, Pete, this, in my mind, this all plays better having seen Black Widow six months ago as opposed to, like, the original, original timeline, which would have been over a year difference yep. um, in, in some sort of non-COVID fantasy. Um, Yelena ultimately wishes that she had been at Natasha's side uh, to to help her. Um, but her choice was made, and now Yelena and Clint seem to have an understanding. Yeah, and this is an earned and not hasty way of slowing her down. You know, when she had initially cornered him, wanted the answer. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna let me know what I need to know before I I kill you here. Um, and for her to get the gut punch of the whistle and then finally to accept what has happened and to accept what Clint Barton meant to Natasha and what Natasha meant and continues to mean for Clint, that she holsters her gun, that she offers him a hand and that he apologizes here. Uh, back in the toy store, fittingly in front of an empty throne, Fisk is gone. The cops can't find him. We find him limping down the street where a trusted bro truck finds him. But it's Maya, and she's got a gun. But he's going to talk her down, right, Matt? Absolutely, and then most... Interestingly, slash frustratingly, uh, it's off screen. We hear the gunfire. Uh, and I guess we're seeing at least one of those on the Echo series. Probably not in 2022. Um, hopefully we're seeing the other one as well. Hopefully the, the frustration is actually an itch that the show will scratch. But um, but it's squarely in this show, uh, the conflict is all over now. The LARPers are telling the police how they helped out. They're with Hawkeye. Hey, they're basically Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, indeed, they're uh, talking to Jack. Maybe he wants to join the LARPers. You see LARPing is, oh, balls, he's got blood on his tie. <laughs> it's it's some sort of leisure activity. <laughs> uh, Clint has to be honest with Kate, and it's not often that that happens. He says that uh, you comes across somebody who makes you better. And that Missy man, this suit, it's really something, the elasticity in the fabric. Uh, but seriously, tonight was a lot for her. He recognizes uh, she went toe-to-toe with the kingpin herself. Uh, he's so proud of her. 
we gotta walk that dog we gotta name that dog matt uh indeed uh and then we cut uh i won't say too quickly pete although i will be talking about two quick cuts in a moment uh we cut to christmas day where clint's going on home hey pete that's the home you know clint's home that we saw in endgame and so forth um i wonder if that's a real place or what uh, 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 it's probably somewhere in georgia right and they just painted yeah. in mountains of snow um but he's got presents and in a, a nice bit of camera work here kate's there too she has the dog clint goes in the house clint and laura hug the dog Turn- has a name now the dog's name is lucky the same which... name from the comics lucky the pizza dog yeah um and uh clint notes of uh of uh kate and lucky that he's brought home a few strays um he's also brought home what i think we can clearly now see is a women's rolex what with that rose gold front pete if i may engender rose gold jewelry um it's returned to laura it's said in dialogue it was hers uh she turns it around there's the shield logo and a number 19 on the back did Um, you note the date on the watch face Ooh, no i didn't what's the date December 24th. So... On the close-up. Okay. Um, You'll have to tell me more in theories, because it's it's not... Pete, it's not December 24th in the show. It's not. It's December 25th. I know that because there was a great card that said Christmas Day. Yes. (laughs) Pete, he got home for Christmas. It's like you were saying the entire time. Like you said. I said they were coming up. Well, we both wondered if he was going to die, and I could. Five <laughs> minutes into this episode, I was like, "This does not have the texture of an episode where where anybody of note is dying." So, yeah, uh, but uh, he wants her to take better care of her stuff in the future. So, the watch that didn't seem like a woman's watch all along is now hers. Uh, he is hardly one to talk because. Uh, he needs to grill the Ronin suit with Kate out back right now. Uh, and he does. And I see that my spell checker has turned it into the Ronnie suit. Um, brand <laughs> new character. Suit. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so they start to burn it. Um, and uh, we move with quick pacing here. What does Clint think about Lady Hawk as a name? Hawk Eve, Hawk Shot, Lady Arrow. And then, Pete, what I would say is not a good bit of editing. How about, boom, immediately cut to Hawkeye logo and credits, which to me was perhaps a bit too fast for my tastes. We do get the fateful bullseye on the tree there uh, in happier times now than we when we saw it in Avengers Endgame. Um, and then an interesting choice for the post episode scene yeah i am was it iron man 3 that had the post credit scene where like tony's been talking to um to banner. uh yeah to banner the whole time and i remember watching that and going oh that's a letdown i think sometimes these post credit scenes they they make the conscious decision um this is going to be the opposite of you know um i'm looking to put together a team like 
it's sometimes they need to let the air out of what post credit scenes can do um just so you're not constantly thinking one up one up one up it was fun to see the whole thing um i know the deadline reviewer was like this is ready for broadway let me tell you this, this is intentionally deliciously bad Yes. Um, and that, that, that's no disrespect to Mark Shaman, who, by the way, not only wrote it, but he 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 he's uh, the, the guy, um, you know, um, with the baton there in the scene. It, it's meant to be a spoof. It's meant to not be good. It's meant to kind of, I think, skewer Julie Taymor's Spider-Man musical a bit. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. It was preceded with Marvel Studios wishes you happy holidays or or whatever it was which i right. kind of felt i was like oh, i'm watching this in the holidays thanks marvel <laughs> I, so i kind of i took the gift in the spirit it was given even though pete i was hoping for more of a more of a rolex scene than a timex scene and we got more timex but it is what it is there had been some juicy if not well-founded theories about what we might see in the finale either in the body of the episode or in a credit scene. Uh, it's a great tweet in the last week. I had sent it to you. Uh, what with um, an MCU feature and then the end of a show here. Uh, it reads, my favorite part of Marvel films is where you sit through nine minutes of credits to watch a five second clip of some guy stepping through a doorway and saying, it's me, Blorco. <laughs> <laughs> which works on a lot of levels um you know i i remember seeing thanos at the end of avengers and audibly hearing people go who is that i need to look who th who that up who that is up um you know that we still continue to see people leave uh remain shocking um so many years on into this although yeah. i have to say pete for spider-man that was an all-time low number of people who left it was more than zero but i mean i don't know how many people were in the theater i would say if less than five percent of the people got up that's about what it was that, that that's contrasted from yeah we saw some movie for a while ago where i remember there was a there, there was a, a a guy and gal sitting to our right and they got up and the lady was like, is there more? And the guy was already in the aisle and you were like, yes, there's two post credit scenes. And she was like, babe, there's more. Come sit. And he's like, what? She's like, this guy says there's more. And you're like, there's two more scenes. The guy's like, really? Like it was a whole discussion versus. I think that was Black Panther. Um, I just don't believe that this many people don't have the Internet. <laughs> Pete, a lot of people who don't listen to podcasts or make podcasts about this. Like I think back to, you know, I had referenced in our Spider-Man um, uh, uh, podcast, how my brother-in-law, when he went to go see Venom 2, it was mind blowingly amazing and wonderful and joyous that uh, at the end, in the post credit scene there, Venom showed up somehow in the, in what appeared to be the MCU, which was the MCU. And it was just like, everything was possible and it was beautiful. Now, A, I chose not to see Venom 2 uh, in theaters. have yet to see it. I did read that there was this post-credits thing. Either you told me about it or I read the article, and it was like... I told you. You told me, yeah. And when you told mm -hmm. me, it was like, okay, like, hey, that's like that's cool. Uh, I didn't get my socks blown off. Like, that's... 
I would have expected that as a possibility. It's awesome that it was done. It led to a nice thing in the Spider-Man movie um, and some great possibilities for the future. But, you know, to me, it wasn't like, they did it. They did it. It was just like, okay, cool. Like, you got that that thrilling. Wow. Thank you. Um, So I think there's those people where it's like, wait, what do you mean there's more and so forth? So it's, Pete, it's... Pete, it's fans of all of, of all levels of uh, oh, I don't know I, I don't want to say we're more dedicated but there's there's all levels of digging deep or not and, and you can be enjoying these things. Given that the single came out for this one musical scene that they shot, um, the first week of Hawkeye, um, I just. If you're going to do this, I think it needs to be a little bit more like if it was a different number, I could go with this choice that they gave you the extended version of the scene you'd already seen complete with inexplicable cuts to the conductor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is what I mean. It is what it is. Like I said, ultimately, I was, I, I want to be disappointed, but it was also fun, and it was immediately clear what it was not. You know, this was not like, and in the back row is old Steve Rogers. Like it's like, no, we're just gonna have fun watching this goofy thing, um, to its conclusion. So, uh, I, Pete, they made a choice and they went with it. I didn't see Blorco. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? A theory. Pete, let's start with this. Same uh, same kingpin as in Daredevil? Uh, so, we can go to an exclusive interview, Matt, that Screen Rant had with Vincent D'Onofrio and I'll, I'll read you this because uh, actually we'd gotten at least uh, one uh, message to our Facebook page that was basically asked, uh, hey, are you guys going to talk about what's going on there? Stacy Taylor wrote in, please tell me that you'll include theories on Kingpin in your next Hawkeye cast. Did I miss something? How is he out of prison and basically invincible? Did he get the serum we saw in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Um, And I said we would definitely touch on that. Uh, The interview with Screen Rant, uh, D'Onofrio says the following. Um, I think from my point of view, like a lot of the Avengers stuff, a lot of the MCU stuff, they tried to connect as many dots to the original canon as they can. And some dots are just not possible to connect. And that's what we've done with connecting to Daredevil and vice versa. There's some dots are connected. Like in the Hawkeye show, Fisk is obviously physically stronger and can take more physical abuse. But the key to his being an interesting character in my mind will always be the fact that he has this emotional life that grounds him, that makes everything work as far as I'm concerned. 
we can sell that character in so many facets. Story-wise, we can sell it if we keep him based in that emotional life. And I know that the writers and the producers and me and everybody um, involved in the Hawkeye show, we were all on the same page about that. I have to say that they're very collaborative people and not only to mention awesome people, very nice, but the producers, like I said, the writers and the directors were all just thrilled to work with. Um, so we kept along those lines. And I think that's what will continue to make the character interesting if there's anything next for me to do. I like that honest take there from him. And I think mm-hmm. that ultimately we can, like with a lot of canon discussions, whether it's Marvel, Star Trek, Star Wars, and so forth, it's like, not that I think anybody needs to be reminded that this is all fiction, but like, we didn't need to get Wilson Fisk for this. We didn't need to get Vincent for not, didn't Vincent D'Onofrio for this. Since we did get both of those things, all right, if all the puzzle pieces don't fit together perfectly, we just might need to say okay, I get it. I get it because it's a variety of external factors and move on and not, you know, Pete, I think, I think of the people who were so tied to their last Jedi theories and they had to, you know, everything that they wrote had to be so hypeable and it had to be perfect. And, and then when the last Jedi didn't do what they said, it was now last Jedi's fault. Like, and, and I think that degree of fandom maybe has cooled a little bit or it's, it's not, it doesn't exist to that degree with the Marvel stuff, but to just say he was not strong like that in Daredevil, or to say, okay, fine, Pete, maybe he was he was wearing stuff in the armor that works. Uh, the explosion, like we saw, should have killed him, and it didn't. So th- there's a power differential. To just say, yes, there is. That's okay. We can we can accept that, and not need to ex- not need to explain the past, f- and instead favor the next story with him in it, and go with that. Um, you know, it's, it's a little messy, but I think that's, I think that's the best answer that we might get because I really, really, really don't think, particularly since there, there is, you know, it's not a, it's not a rights issue per se, but it was a great reminder. Like I referenced before, it's a great reminder that Disney doesn't really want you to have a whole lot of incentive to not watch Disney plus tonight, but instead, uh, you know, or let's say in the next week, Pete, they want you focused on, uh, making sure you watched all of Hawkeye and get ready to watch Boba Fett, not to go, you know what? I would like to watch 39 episodes of Daredevil. I'm going to go do that instead. Sorry, Boba Fett. You need to wait. <laughs> you know, like, like, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm wagging my finger at you or the uh, Stacy would written on Facebook or the fans in general, but I think it's just like when, when we find it doesn't fit, it's time to say, okay, this is where it doesn't fit. Time to move on. So, There was another interview. I can't remember where I saw it, but he basically says, Vincent D'Onofrio says, they're the same character. Now, the the power, the durability that he shows here, uh, bordering, if not superhuman, um, that is accurate to the comics. So, you know, I think the biggest part of Stacy's question how did he get out of jail given everything that had gone on with daredevil? Uh, so that was in 2000 
18. Um, I think it was the this other interview that I was referencing after I read you the um, the quote from this other one where he said that um, during the snap, he lost quite a bit of his control over the city. So now he wants to take it back. Um, this coupled with the gunshot we hear, but don't see the effect. Uh, Maya does shoot him in the comics. She blinds him. He has surgery outside the country um, and obviously remains on the scene. Will they do that? That'd be an interesting situation now that, you know, Earmuffet, if you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, I'll give you a second. Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil. And that in the space of a day, Matt, we've got the two of them back. Okay. If Karen Page shows up in Moon Knight, we're almost there. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, it it draws your attention because we'd never seen him this strong. But again, that's what the character's been in the comics. I'm okay with this. Could you in an Echo series? Oh, and then he got his hands on some of the super soldier serum. That's all it takes. I think we can, in a show where, you know, none of the regular cast had superpowers, um, you want to say that Maya uh, is the closest to that? I I'd be with you there. But he's got this, this strength and these abilities. I think it all tracks. Any other kingpin theorizing you want to do before we put a kingpin in kingpin? Well, just definitively that there's no way that Vincent D'Onofrio's character has been brought back for one, you know, one episode and uh, a facial credit and his hand and a laugh in another one. OK, you're going to see him again. They're probably going to be coy when that will be. The best thing of all of this was to see, as if you you mentioned, the the softness of his voice, uh, him speaking about, you know, thank you for being patient. And I'm, I'm just so happy, you know, you're happy to see my character again. Like, I'm so pleased for him and he's maintained this secret. Yeah, he, he, he Vincent D'Onofrio, seems like somebody who really revels in the in the art of creative arts and whether it's keeping the secret or, you know, to sit and go. I feel like he's one of these people that's like, you know, when I did Jurassic World, there was this great empanada place and that's the real, you know, that and the time spent playing checkers with Pratt, like those are the real memories. Like it, one of those people where it's just like in the moment, in the character and, and all that stuff. Um, it is so, so welcome to have him back. It is. And like I said, we're, we're richer they could have reached for a lot of different people for a big bad here. And what do they do? They listen to the fans. They listen to the success of those other shows, which again, you don't need to say, and you can go watch daredevil on your Netflix, but guess what you can do, Matt? 
you can go watch Daredevil on your Netflix. And when he says he's playing him as the same guy, with the exception of the strength, he is. He's he's doing the same stuff. The intonations, the characterization is the same. Biggest thing I had a problem with was the Hawaiian shirt. Um, didn't seem like something he would wear with what we've seen before. But I'm pretty sure that the cufflink was identical to the one that we've seen before. We know that they pay attention to this stuff. And uh, again, we, we are better off with this character back. So you had suggested that uh, a good spot to see him again could be the echo series. It is worth reiterating that that is though that is an announced series. It is a series that is under development. So my thinking would be, even if they decide, you know, tomorrow, maybe not literally tomorrow, Christmas Eve, if they decide soon that they are ready to proceed from development into pre-production, you're probably not filming until the summer and you're probably still a year out. So when's the next time that we see Maya? When's the next time that we see Kate Bishop or Yelena or Clint? Um, what are your thoughts there? Because clearly the, the series has ended on, on a high and it's ended on a goodwill note for all these characters. So what's next chronologically for us in our timeline? We seem that we're going to get um, Moon Knight next uh, there may be an announcement uh, the week after Christmas for a February date. Um, I think the next... Which Pete would, would line up if there's some sort of press... And I was half kidding, half serious before. Like, right. if there's a press thing to happen that somehow would facilitate holding back the Hawkeye behind the scenes, the, you know, here now we've bumped into the idea of that twice. Yeah, and and... It, that all makes sense. Um, it seems like it's going to be Moon Knight, and uh, we should know soon. I don't know that She-Hulk... Do we know where She-Hulk is set? That's one thing I've not seen just yet. Um, I mean, but we know there could be a lawyer in that. Would Fisk pop up in that? I don't know if we're going to get the two of them in the same show together just yet. Um, I feel like Ms. Marvel, given obviously that proximity of location to New York city, even though it's all filmed in Atlanta, um, could be a, a landing spot for some of these characters is maybe Fisk continuing to try to grab you know, more power and, you know, that runs up against what Kamala Khan's dealing with. It's possible. Um, I am willing to wait knowing that we have D'Onofrio's Fisk, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, and whoever else we might get back, Matt. Can can we get after this Matrix movie? Uh, and I don't think there's going to be any more. Can we get Jessica Hennick back as the Iron Fist? Can we do that? <laughs> you know, can we get uh, Kristen Ritter back as Jessica Jones? You know, I, I think there are a lot that they can bring over 
from those Netflix shows. Um, I don't know, though, that we'll get Mockingbird back, given what happened in this episode. So do you think Laura is a, a former Mockingbird, the former Mockingbird? So Agent 19 in the comics is Mockingbird, uh, Barbara Morse. Um, we never got the number with S.H.I.E.L.D., right? I don't remember us being told, oh, this is Agent 19. Am I, I don't believe so. Completely? I don't believe so. Yeah, I would agree. I don't I don't think there was an Agent 19 designation given in Agents of Shield. Um so without looking it up, and I, I don't know that we necessarily need to look it up at this point. Um okay, so it's a shield watch, it's got nineteen on it. The implication is that she was Agent 19, that she was Mockingbird. I saw one take, okay, that that she could be uh, the Adrian uh, Policki character's older sister, or okay, she worked at Shield and she had a watch that said nineteen, and you know that that could be the end of it. Um, they gave us that reference. It it doesn't need to destroy all the fun we had with Agents Agents of Shield and uh, Bobby. Um, so there's that. I feel like they did a little bit of a switcheroo and there's some inconsistent stuff with the watch that the watch says December 24th on it, Matt. And then we've got the title card that says Christmas day. I think that changed at the 11th hour. Oh, we'll just do it. Oh, the nobody will notice December 24 on the watch. <laughs> we noticed. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to what, like I, like if they're planting some sort of seed, that the Laura character's secret history ties to December, another December 24th. Like, I don't think that's a road that we're going down. Not that's if way too much of a, of yeah. a reach. Um, I think too, with seeing the watch previous, it, it did not seem like a gendered watch. It was a watch and she was tracking it. So why's he hit her with, you'll never guess what I found in a black market auction in New York City. Like that line is incongruous. No, they've spoken about the watch on multiple occasions. I kind of had read that line as somewhat teasing, but I also would agree just because it comes off as teasing it doesn't change the fact that it also may be evidence of, you know, a reshoot or this was shot before the other stuff or, or whatever it is. It, it's, it doesn't, it's it doesn't, match. doesn't match. Up. I yeah. think that we're critical of it shows you how well this stuff usually does. Okay. As you've noted, the, the inclusion of, um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and, hey, you're going to go after Clint Barton and then this writer's room finding out about this and at this time and all that stuff. Like, there's usually pretty much every rough edge filed down. Okay, um, this stands out given how good at it they typically are, which is, to my mind, 
you know, up there as far as those standards go. I even feel like that whole, the, the whole Christmas day scene, um, there's something to be said for not lingering at the end, but like, I wouldn't have minded like montage of them at the table eating food and they're all laughing while have yourself a Merry Christmas plays or you know, something like that. Like it just, for, for as much as it was like, all right, we brought back the Russo girl to, that was a, cameo and now she's got more lines and so on and so forth you know to sit and go all right we had her sit by Haley steinfeld next uh go, go help me with the the, the ronin suit and, and the grill um th- it felt like we could have had a little bit you know 10 more seconds with the kids um a little bit more time there and, and again i i take exception with how it's like first of all i don't like the gag of in part because pete i and you and so many others were so viciously scarred by fan four stick that that ends with what should we call ourselves <laughs> huh there's four of us and it's i mean it's a bad movie it's a terrible movie with a terrible ending but you know how about cut to title card fan four stick um and again the that's not that at the end is hard to knock down I, I certainly don't like the, you know, hey, what if you called yourself, cut the title card, versus what if you called yourself, like, l- let's just finish that scene. What if you called yourself Hawkeye? <gasps> Pete, I want to see how Haley Steinfeld would react to that. Maybe we don't even write a line. We just say, in the script, we say, we see all that this means on Kate's face. And now it's up to, up you know, it's up to um her to show the emotion there. Like I would rather that than like, ah, look, cause we got to the end of the thing and she's the thing. Cause the thing, like, I don't know. I was not a fan. I just want Florence Pugh to be there every time the character needs to be named. And for her to say, Kate Bishop. Uh, Beat. I know we're, we're still in theories here. Can we make that a theory that, uh, that will, <laughs> that will improve every Kate Bishop appearance is having Yelena say Kate Bishop. We need more Yelena. Like, I want that answer now. Where does she pop up next? Um, and and the two of them are tremendous. Uh, they were the best thing about this show. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to more of them. What other theories do you have coming out of this, uh, this finale? Season series, so, whatever we call it. Derek Bishop had racked up this debt with Wilson Fisk, right? That's what they told us, yeah. Does debt not die with the debtor? Uh I would totally buy that in that in the murky world of you know, I don't know, mafioso types, let alone if you want to say specifically like when you owe the kingpin, you owe forever. Uh, and I mean, heck, we even see that with Eleanor, where it's like, I owed X amount. I have paid back 10 times the amount. Yeah, you still don't get out. The, the debt was owed. The debt is always going to get paid. We're in business now. There's no leaving. And to me, it's it's consistent. I mean, there was no life insurance. There was no victim compensation fund that they could turn to and say, I'll make this go away. I mean, dramatically, it works in in terms of reality 
it's a little hard to square. All right, your your husband died. You got blindsided. The characterization of him as being reckless, much like their daughter is reckless. But I don't know, man. I think, all right, you got some extra money because he died in an alien attack and was collateral damage. And much like a, a 9-11 or something else like that, you know, a common fund established for the, the families of the victims. Again, I kind of feel like I would buy it. You know, if, if this is the same Kingpin from the Daredevil series, I would buy it that he's going to leverage uh, dad's loss into his gain and and not necessarily apply the gentlemanly rules that you are uh, that you are ascribing. Uh, you ever seen a guy with a sword at a party? Um, no. I, I, maybe maybe at medieval <laughs> times. That's it. Just in medieval times. Uh, especially after making bail for uh, allegedly murdering someone with a sword. I mean, look, it's a little wacky. Clearly, they wanted. I mean, clearly wanted it. They went for it. I guess Clint's line um, explaining it away. Um, I guess that is the answer um, that he was merely reaffirming his uh, his his innocence. Um, also worked out well that it gave him a bit of business to do in the action scene and really hammered home he's a goofy weird guy, but he's our goofy weird guy and we like him. Um, so I guess it all works. Particularly Pete, since I you know, I was right about Jack all along, and I wasn't letting you know Lalo Scaramacha or whatever his name is in Breaking Bad. I wasn't letting that. <laughs> I I was letting Tony Dalton play the character that was in front of me, and I wasn't asking him to bring the baggage from you know Luca Cuchamacha or whatever. <laughs> Lalo Salamanca. That's why. That's what I said. What happened to the? Uh... The trust of uh, bro truck bros. Uh, where did the owl bring them? Are they tiny forever? Um, if the choices are, the owl flew up and up and dropped them, and they died, and they were like, <laughs> myster- and they were mysteriously the only two people who died for this entire thing. All right, that's probably not a good move. So let's stop and rewind. What's another option? Uh, they're out there somewhere and now damned to live ant-sized forever. Well, that's not much better either. So how about this, Pete? Uh, I don't know. After 48 hours, it wears off. Da-da-da-da! Now we don't need a Scott Lang secret scene. And we don't need uh, to worry that you know Clint Barton uh, killed anybody, aside from all the Ronin people that he killed. But you know we're not focusing on that, on that at all. Um, yeah, in 48 hours, they're going to be in uh, Staten Island where the owl took it back to the nest and they're going to go broomp and they're going to be sitting in what used to be an owl nest. And uh, then then had they shot this, an owl pellet will communi- they'll, they'll, they'll fall to the ground and you know, an owl pellet, a.k.a. owl... Uh, actually, I don't know if owl pellets are pooped or vomited up. But anyhow, stuff they're is going to fall on them and it's going to be poopy on the head, cut to black. Really, really funny post credits credit scene i wonder if it was considered um who would have figured matt all but one of these six episodes 
references Ant-Man. Um, so somebody there, and you wonder if that'll be a thing in the assembled, uh, you know, has a thing for Scott Lang. Um, maybe we reach for these guys in the truck. I mean, the, the trust of bro guys that we came to know, uh, you know, we, we have some affinity for, and to think that they got miniaturized, that they got swooped up in this truck by, uh, an owl and never to be seen again. I get it. It probably, you know, they come back in a little bit, uh, of time and, and, enlarge again but uh you know marvel fans demand answers for this kind of stuff pete i'm gonna say this more seriously than not maybe they show up in what if season two like it's it's the right size of story and you might say (laughs) well yeah but they show alternate takes you know blah 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 okay fine still it could be that they show up in some like like it's enough of a rough edge to be like you know it's a good point and i care about them but i actually don't care about them but if there's a what if that's like oh man after hopping through the realities now back to the main one and there they are driving along broom oh man finally after two days we're normal sized again so look for it this summer pete this upcoming summer summer 2022 what if season two all right uh i need a definitive answer will there be a second season of hawkeye uh i think there's going to be a second there's going to be a season that continue season of disney plus tv that will continue the story from the, the the story from the kate bishop clint barton yelena belova end of things whether that's going to be called um black widow and the hawkeye whether that's going to be you know under some you know like i I'll say Young Avengers, although I don't think they would use that titling, but whether it's under some sort of thing where it's like, you know, we get the quote, functionally, this is a sequel season to uh, Ms. Marvel season one, The Marvels, uh, and Hawkeye, and Black Widow with Yelena Belova, like, whatever it is, I think we're going to see more TV with them. Um, When, I mean, it will not be 2022. That's my line in the sand. Maybe I'll give myself asterisk. Okay, maybe the last three weeks in December if something magical happens. But I will say we're not going to see them. We're not going to see the sequel season, whatever that might look like, in 2022. We're dashing through the snow to the mailbag. So, Pete, the choices were this one target missed shot. Uh, this is, of course, on our Twitter poll. That got 6.3%. Two targets, edge of the circle, got 1.6%. Uh, three targets, impressive shot, got 26.6%. And four targets, center O target, got 65.6%. Some replies on Twitter. Uh, we heard from James the Sagacious. That's uh, at Big Killin on Twitter. This show was the Christmas miracle I needed. The elevator scene had no right to be that good. It was better than Caps. The slap made me scream. Comics always struggle with power levels, and Yelena walking through Kate was perfectly done. 
Vinny D gave me more than I expected as Kingpin. They would have been crazy to recast him. I hope we get more of the Netflix characters back on uh, screen. The show wasn't afraid to be corny, but also nailed the touching moments. Yelena, Echo, and Kate will be around for a long time. Uh, we also heard from JT Atkins. Is that JTA is me? What a Yuletide gift from Marvel Studios to us. Not just the tag scene, but the whole series. Kudos. Such a joy. Looking forward to whatever comes next. Also, may I say, so wise to keep the, larker, the LARPers in the mix as the brave, wise heroes that they are. And he attached a photo, Pete, uh, in which it appears to me that J.T. Atkins is himself a LARPer as he wears a uh, hooded thing, an old-timey shirt thing, and has what looks to be an old-timey pipe and so forth. Uh, and he also has, from the future, uh, spectacles uh, about his eyes to best see his LARPing <laughs> activities. Uh, and JT concludes by saying, also, I'm glad for the way they left good things open for the Hawkeyes and Widow and Echo, but really didn't hint at what. Whatever it is, get to it, folks. Next tweet here is from Darren Bell. That is, as all fans know, Darren P46052059. Really enjoyed this episode. The Kate and Yelena scenes were great. A little disappointed with the post credit scene. Nothing against seeing more of Rogers the musical, but hoped to see something that tied into the next uh, movie or series. Also, we all owe Jack an apology. Pete, all asterisk, except for me. I was hashtag Team Jack all along. Just want to mention that one more time. <laughs> Victory lap. Uh, we heard from Andre Yeager. That's at Dr. Pole in 1983. So many feels. Yelena and Kate are still the best together, whether they are fighting or just talking. Clint and Yelena coming to terms with their grief had me misty. And of course, the hashtag Kingpin Wilson Fisk, uh, which, by the way, Pete, is a branded hashtag because I see a little bold Wilson Fisk there on Twitter. Uh, the Kingpin Wilson Fisk scenes were awesome. He's such a menace and intimidating figure. He ripped the door off with his bare hands, was hit by an arrow and a car, and blown up all in less than 15 minutes and walked away. If you think he is dead, I have a bridge in Florida for you to purchase. Finally, <laughs> well done, Andre. Finally, Agent 19, Nuff said, hashtag Hawkeye. We heard also from Barton Stan. That's at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. Loved it. I'm glad Clint, uh, I'm glad Clint want killed off oh wasn't killed off i think he was trying to say his and his family is safe the kate yelena scenes are great and the fight scenes were fantastic L uh love the arrow making montage nice to know clint wasn't just relying on shield or stark but could make his own and dang some of them were so cool and kate using a label label maker had me lolling still not a fan of laura as bobby uh but i'd be interested to see if that goes anywhere in the future. What about the watch? Would be a problem exactly. I feel like I missed something. How did it point uh, to her? Pete, that's a good question. Is there any evidence that a shield watch with a 19 on it automatically means Laura Barton must die? I mean, is there information in it? That's why I thought, I mean, it's a shield gadget. There's got to be, it's not just like we gave these away to people when they retired. Um, there has to be intel on it, right? There has to be something that tangibly connects to her. Um, we now know she was in S.H.I.E.L.D. That, I think, is is the, the biggest takeaway as opposed to uh, this is Clint Barton's wife um, 
Tony Stark told us all along, this woman is an agent. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, we heard from Noel Gardner. That's at uh, Noel Camille on Twitter. Uh, this episode had me from start to finish. Hashtag Kingpin Wilson Fisk was great. Not for one second do I think he is done. Yelena and Kate are a perfect pair. The elevator scene was hilarious. I'm so glad Clint was able to get through to Yelena. Wow, so many trick arrows. Clint kept his promise and made it home for Christmas. Even brought a, uh, a couple of strays. The torch has been passed, and Kate is going to do a great job. Now onto the watch. Tony was right, Pete, like you were just saying. Will Mockingbird have to come out of retirement for Armor Wars or Secret Invasion? It's not a bad thought there. Lastly, oh. Marvel's giving us uh, the gift of the whole Rogers the Musical performance was delightful. Um, Pete, it is worth mentioning that um, Linda Carlini will be wrapping the final season of Dead to Me uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, they have like 15 days left shooting. They paused for paused for winter break, uh, and then also thus came the COVID. My point being, Pete. I don't know to what degree she was sharing or needed to be shared with this show and the other show and contracts and all that, but uh, her contract or her, her employment status is wide open in about a month's time. So if they do want to pop her in uh, in, in a greater way into one of those uh, shows that has yet to shoot, um, she's got the availability. I'm sure she'd be down. Uh, we also heard from Eric Pritchard. That's at Coach underscore Pritch. Another solid entry. Love seeing hashtag Kingpin Wilson Fisk in action. Can't wait to see more of Vincent D'Onofrio. And of course, the banter between Kate and Yelena was hilarious. Heartbreak for Maya. And spoilers, Matt was right. Hilarious end credits scene. Hashtag make mine Marvel bro. <laughs> oh, well done there, Coach. Uh, we heard also from Spider-Ham Lincoln, TessLC139 on Twitter. I enjoyed the season finale, the various fight scenes and contrasting opponents, the acceptance of Nat's fate by Yelena, the sheer rage of Kingpin versus Kate, Maya's new direction and purpose, and Jack's swordplay, Kingpin ate dead. The Shield Watch revelation opens a lot of storytelling doors, and at the end of the episode, giving KB a code name, very nice. And thanks, Marvel, for the full I Can Do This All Day musical number. I look forward to seeing these characters again someday. So Pete, that's two people who've given, I, I would say, more praise than we did for the the post credit scene. So, goes show you, Pete takes all takes all members of the audience here. It does. Uh, we heard from J Philly B. That's at J Philly B for fandom. Loved it. Hit exactly the right note in that post credit scene. It was much better than cats. Uh, <laughs> yes, we cats can all agree. <laughs> uh, yes, which is yeah. Um, I mean, that's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see it again and again. Uh, can someone explain to me who was that kid at the party? Who, uh, should I know who he is? Another question is King Armand the Seventh. Indeed, Armand the Seventh, as referenced. What was that? The first episode he was in. Yes. Okay. Uh, J Philly B four. Fandom also says another question. Is Kingpin another fail, failed super soldier experiment? I'm going to do a Daredevil rewatch. It's what Disney Plus doesn't want you to do, Jay Philly B. Um, but I don't remember getting that impression before. Cautiously hopeful we'll be getting even more Vincent D'Onofrio in the future. Uh, next up is David Siller. That's at Siller David Poet. Great finale, great show. Mandatory holiday watching from now on. Much to the point, uh, much to point out and love, but getting the song was sheer joy. 
and Kate's monologue to Clint about why he's a hero was perfect. The only thing I missed was an end title card teasing Hawkeye and Black Widow will return. That would have been nice. That would have been nice, Pete. That would have, I think that would have, that would have just been the little extra bit there. That's a good call there by, by Mr. Siller. Uh, Next, we heard from Stingray. That's at Trek Girl 88. The finale was delightful. The LARPers getting Clint kitted up at the party. Every scene with Yelena and Kate, especially the elevator. Clint telling Kate their partners. Kate and Clint uh, making the way too dangerous arrows. Vincent D'Onofrio chewing scenery's Wilson Fisk. Kate and Clint using all the way too dangerous arrows on the ice. Uh, They shrunk the tracksuit mafia's guy's truck. Then Clint made it home for Christmas, and he took Kate and uh, Pizza Dog slash Lucky with him. Um, uh, Kate Pardon had replied to that and said, really wanted the dog's name to be Bo, B-E-A-U, or B-O-W. Which is a great name. Uh, that really is. Um, and then Trek Girl says, I kept wondering uh, why they were trying to think, a, think of a name for him. I thought it was Pizza Dog, but if they had to name him something other than Pizza Dog, Lucky works for me. Uh, next tweet, Pete, comes from Jordan Tanner. That's at Mighty underscore Jor. I was a bit displeased with the way Kingpin was portrayed. His intro was rushed. Rushed In Daredevil, he was almost untouchable. This Kingpin was just working alone most of the time and was thwarted pretty easily. Also, no way he's dead, right? Why not just give us a post credit scene? <laughs> Sometimes the itch, the itch is what they were going for. Yes. Um, we heard from Rose Ferry, Anna Rose584. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, for anyone, but I'll say that this show's finale is superb and leaves many doors open for the future. Uh, what a cast. And let's not forget Jack. Um, and uh, Spider-Ham Lincoln said, my two cents. If one is reading these comments and they haven't watched the episode, they deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, home stretch here on the tweets, Pete. Snow Goggles at Snow Goggles says, the winner for me was the chemistry between Yelena and Kate Bishop. The future for Marvel is bright. What was that? which is a Yelena quote. Uh, Steve Thurbridge says, uh, really great series, lots of great dialogue, especially Yelena. I almost feel that Kingpin was superfluous. Is he coming back for Echo and or She-Hulk, uh, who happens to be a really good lawyer? Looking forward to Yelena and Kate show movie Twitch stream. Uh, hashtag Mockingbird. Uh, and then BikeBRH, that's at BikeBRH, says, I couldn't quite give it four stars, more like three and a half, but they landed this one better than any of the shows except Loki, and quite frankly, better than Shang-Chi. I'm mildly disappointed we didn't get to see Linda Cardellini kick some butt. Looking forward to future Yelena-Kate team-ups. And last, Pete, but certainly not least, we hear from Faye L. That's uh, Faye L on Twitter, F-A-Y-E-E-L-L-E. I love how much they played off each other. I hope Maya is okay, though. Not sure what they showed is the end of the big guy, though. Seems like uh, seems like bad to end his story there. So, Pete, we could be confident that Maya will be okay, at least enough for her Disney <laughs> Plus show coming in 12 to 18 months, right? Her her yet to be formally announced, but sort of definitely in development show. Uh, you've got to have D'Onofrio explained in that if not in it um he lives she'll be okay um thought kazi might make it into her show r.i.p yeah i mean unless they're going to replace his midsection with robot parts he's (laughs) he's toast (laughs) 
who 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 finds him and and does that that's a story for another time to the fantastic geek facebook page matt where steve adams writes in my word i had almost forgotten how terrifying and menacing vincent d'onofrio could be as kingpin i think he might even have been more threatening here than in daredevil Haley's scenes with florence were amazing what incredible chemistry these two have it all just seems so easy for them to play off each other, and the banter was natural. Count me as being on board for a Widow and Hawkeye series. I loved Maya's arc, but I refuse to believe she actually killed Fisk. You don't bring him back for one episode just to kill him off screen. The inclusion of Swordsman in this show was a nice misdirect, but he was an Avenger for a time in the comics, so maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that he wasn't involved in the villainy here. Considering the stakes, this episode was very lighthearted and fun. If this is Barton's last run as Hawkeye, what a send-off. Now, someone needs to get started on that Young Avengers series, and the Roger scene, the line, eight million can't be wrong. Is this teasing Pete's following seeing a massive upsurge? Hashtag, it's all connected. As always, thanks for another great look at another great show. Until next time, stay fantastic. And he spelled it with a PH. Pete and Steve, if my friend and yours, Kevin Feige, is listening to this, he can be in touch anytime he wants. So yes, if that was a deep cut reference to your Twitter, uh, your Twitter lines there, Pete, uh, Kev can be in touch just anytime. I think it was more accurately uh, the eight million people in the greater New York City area. But you know what? If they want to jump on my Twitter, more than happy. Pete, of course, this whole season has been made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com. And even as we look ahead to the Season 1 wrap next week, and I guess, Pete, though we have not discussed this off mic, I guess then another season wrap thing after The Assembled comes out to chew over The Assembled. So I guess it's we're, we're still several steps from goodbye to Hawkeye. Uh, nonetheless, it all made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash FantasticGeek. Absolutely. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. Takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute at this time. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating in seconds. Leave us a review in a little while longer. All of which help us do what we do. And Pete, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter to join the 8 million strong who can't be wrong? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-12,274. Followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, you can be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. So, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we'll be talking again on Sunday for Discovery 406, particularly with some Discovery news and whatnot that has uh, come out today. 
Um, for everybody, we'll be talking again on Matrix Monday on Patreon. And then we're back here early next week to do the Hawkeye Season 1 wrap. At least the pre-assembled Season 1 wrap. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final Episode 6 word. That was really fun. Bye. Do you know about-